0: What's up, everyone? This is Wes Lyon, your co-host of the Next Gen DDS podcast. I'll be joined by Dr. Scott Meneker, bringing you independent, objective advice to help start your dental career off on the right path. On the show, we sit down to discuss both financial and clinical matters impacting young dentists, leaning on our over 40 years of experience at the McGill and Hill Group to provide you with the keys to success.
1: All right, well, we're here today really to talk about uh, the whole corporate versus dental private practice. And it's really not a versus, but that's kind of how it's being perceived. So we wanted to spend some time kind of explaining the corporate world versus the private practice world and kind of take it, Wes, and kind of share some of your input and what you've seen.
0: Yeah, I think the the first thing out there for the young dentists specifically that haven't necessarily experienced as much with them is... So now, you know, what are they doing? Why are they here? You know, they're they're buying practices from senior doctors that want to retire. They're also starting practices. The reason that they're here, and this is a very, very important one for everybody to understand is a young doctor. They're here because dental practices are great things to own. And we will do a whole episode on the benefits of owning them, but plain and simple, they are here because the business of dentistry is a very good business to be in. So for those of you getting your dental degree, just got your dental degree, congratulations. You chose a good path. <laughs> that is why they are here. They want to make money. Now, it's always funny to me how this ends up shaking out. They want to make money. You know, some people they always have to lead with, you know, oh, I do the right thing and this and I'm in it. And, you know, I I always get red flags on that. You know, don't get me wrong. I I operate a a couple businesses here serving dentists. We operate the businesses for profit. We are the type of people that always do the right thing. I do not need to lead with that. That's just who I am. If you come to me and you interview and you're just over the top about how you always do the right thing, I don't believe you. (laughs) I want people who genuinely just do the right thing. So just like people, though, these corporate groups are run by people. And they're not all the same, right? Yeah, def- definitely not. No, like I'll, I'll give you an example. I was selling a house and I had a photographer in there and the photographer starts asking me questions. And and he goes, eventually figures out, he goes, can you look at a treatment plan for me? And I'm like, I'm not a dentist, <laughs> I'm a CPA that works with dentists, but like, I'll look at it. So, I see this $10,000 treatment plan on this, you know, 20 something year old male. And I start poking around asking questions and find out that he went somewhere with his girlfriend and there was free dental cleaning. So, he went and took advantage of the free dental cleaning. That should
1: be a red flag. Yep.
0: He gets the $10,000 treatment plan. So, then I ask him, you know, do you go to the dentist regularly? And he goes, yeah, I, I go in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. And, you know, I just hadn't been back to see my family in a while. So I had to explain to him that not every dentist is the same. And that's also true in private dentistry as well. It's not something unique to corporate. I think we just hear the horror stories of corporate, and sometimes they get overwhelming. And that's what people think. They think all the corporate groups stink. Well, that's that's not true. No. There's plenty of these corporate groups that are run by people that say, look, we're we love the business of dentistry. We're not doctors and, you know, they still believe that the dentist should be left to do treat what they believe is necessary and what's right. They don't put any restrictions on treatment. So Scott, I'm going to pass it back to you because if I recall right, I I think you have experience directly with Uh, these corporate groups. (laughs) I sure do,
1: Wes. You know, when I got out of school, there was no such thing as a, as a, As a DSO or a corporate group, it was basically, there was either a solo practice or a two-doctor practice. That was really all there was uh, when I got out of school in 1985. But as time has gone on, you know, as I said in previous episodes, I've had been in kind of associateships and partnerships, but at the end of my career, I was kind of ready to get out. I had a partner who was a wonderful partner, but she really wasn't geared towards the business side. Owning a practice, and, and Wes, we could probably spend a whole other episode talking about the business side of things and what it takes, but it's hard work because as a dentist, you're, you're, you're the main producer in that practice, but you're also the owner. So you're working not just in the practice, you've got to work on it. And, and I found it took a lot of time. And, and the corporate world is really about taking a lot of that outside work away from the, the doctor so they can concentrate on the clinical side. So at the end of my career, I was looking for an exit. I I was looking for to to sell the last 50% of my practice. And I knew what the what it really was worth. It was worth more than what what I would term would be the, the doctor to doctor sales. Because DSOs are were paying more because they recognize how the 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 financial gain that's there and what it means to them. And they've got a whole model. I'm not sure I understand all of it, but. But, but they, that's what they were doing. And so I brought it to Wade Coleman in, our, in, in the McGill Hill group. And Wade kind of re- did some analysis and reached out. And we got presented with a, a pretty crazy number. It made sense to the DSO group. It made no sense to me. But it was great for my partner and, and myself. She was looking to maybe not have to run a big practice. We were doing over $3 million. And she was looking to maybe spend time with her five-year-old and two-year-old and be a mom, as well as being a practicing dentist, but not having to spend all the time that I did. And so we found a, a small, I call it a boutique group from out of state that that really was about 40 practices that were looking to basically leave us alone. They, they did some things that, you know, they took control of 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 some portions of the practice, but they let us really continue to do the same kind of dentistry We changed a few materials here and there, maybe the supplier and a few labs, but we were given kind of free reign to continue to be who we were. And so that was kind of the, so for us, it made complete sense to take advantage of them running the practice, but also compensating us in a nice way for the value of our practice.
0: Uh, they're absolutely here, and I, I think that's where the group, like I, I don't know which one bought yours, and you know we won't give any specific names here, but you know it's groups like that. A lot of times they're willing to take the business side off of the table. Yep. And you mm-hmm. know it's it, Jonathan uh, Martin always jokes. Uh, you want to know how to trigger a boomer? Uh, I'll mention a work-life balance, <laughs> and a lot of the younger generation. I mean, I'm part of it. They want a work-life balance. I mean, out of Let's say I'm in my 30s. Out of all my friends from school, there's, you know, less than five that I think work as hard as I do. And that's just it. You know, they expect to be in there for 40 hours and leave. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has a different personality. But to your point, you know, your partner didn't want to do everything it took to run a business. And it's a great fit for that. So you've heard both sides of it. We do know there, there are certainly corporate groups that have issues. Let's not hide behind it. Right. There are certainly corporate groups that are stellar as well. It's no different than choosing a private practitioner to work alongside though. You're really picking a partner, you're picking a boss, whoever it may be. So just pick carefully. I think that's probably the big one. Right.
1: You know, and a lot of times, you know, some of the what they, they term the corporate everybody I always get the question when I talk to young dentists and even if I'm talking to hygienists, they're they're asking me the questions, so what about the corporate world? Well, they're here. We'll we'll probably spend a whole episode talking about them, but they're not all bad. They're not going away. And I think recognizing some of the benefits that they bring, and we'll talk about that.
0: Now, um, I think the biggest one, a lot of people get scared, they're going to, oh, uh, you know, private practice aren't going to be around. That's not true. Most of the corporate groups are actually serving patient bases that historically haven't gone to the dentist. They've done a very, very good job of increasing the total population of patients that go to the dentist. And I think no matter how you slice that one up, I would say that has to be a positive, right?
1: Yeah, I'm I not was, a
0: dentist, but I like I like my teeth to be clean.
1: <laughs> I, I always thought it was really pretty good. My, my practice was pretty much a fee-for-service one. So we we pretty much got, other than one being in-network for one plan, we got full fee for our services. So I, I didn't have to work as hard as you might have to work in a corporate world because you're taking, you know, it could be anywhere from a 20 to 30 to 40% Discount on your fee to, to 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 be in network, and a lot of these these companies are. Some aren't, but but well, many of them Scott, let's are in
0: back network. Back that one up real quick here. So if I'm a young doctor and I'm looking at working for one, you just mentioned one of these things can be a negative. So it sounds like one of the negatives could be that it's likely that they're in network. And it, you as a dentist, if I was catching the drift of that if you're in network and the practice takes a discount you pay a discount to the doctor too is that right Sure.
1: and and basically what you end up having to do is you're going to work harder sometimes it could be twice as hard seeing twice as many patients now for a young doc you're you you may be busier seeing those people you know you got to be careful that there's no you know there may be quotas there may be goals that you're trying to get to um where you could talk about some of the clawbacks that they, that they may or may not have but
0: Yeah, well, there's a little trade-off there. You just had a little tidbit there. So let's start with the positives real quick. If I'm looking at this, because obviously I think we all have our dream world where we go, we work for this doctor that's just a great mentor. They don't even see patients. They just work with us all day and we see the patients get paid, but that's not going to happen. So there's going to be trade-offs here. And if we're considering corporate, I think on the positives one in there was, you're going to be busy. There's going to be work to be done. So you're going to learn to do dentistry competently, quickly. I mean, I think that's a huge benefit. You're going to learn a whole lot more working for a corporate group with patients than you are twiddling your thumbs, you know, trying to get somebody through the door.
1: Yeah. I would have done that trade-off way, way back if it was if it was available, because I was looking I was looking for some experience and I spent a a fair part of my first year not doing not doing a lot.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a I I get young doctors call me on time and they say, what do you think about this? And I say, honestly, if you want to we're going to have a whole episode on Should you buy a practice? But you know, should I work for this corporate? A lot of times, say, yeah, you should because you're going to have to learn to produce dentistry, and they have dentistry that needs production. You know, this is a great fit for you because of that. Other things are, you know, signing bonus and money. Yep, right. A lot of them offer a signing bonus, and you probably ain't going to find many private doctors out there offering a signing bonus. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, (laughs) but I'd be pretty safe to say that probably it, it might just depend <laughs> on the it might
1: depend on the location and the how badly a doctor needs somebody in there. But, but yeah, you don't you're normally not going to see a private doctor who's got a lot of some extra cash just laying around to uh, to help.
0: No, and then you know the other thing is this kind of goes with the production is the money. You know what you're, you're going to get paid at the corporate group if you're on a percentage of your collections and you're the practice that isn't producing. Well you're not really going to get paid much. And I tell this, you know, I have a lot of doctors call up and have this trade-off to make and sometimes say, well, you know, I'm just not making enough here. I really don't want to work for corporate. But, you know, kind of tell them, "Oh, the writing's kind of on the wall. You figured it out before the doctor did that this ain't working. (laughs) So, you know, you might need to go ahead and make this trade-off here and and you might need to do it and make enough money to live, (laughs) you know, you didn't go to dental school to get paid like an accountant. (laughs) That's it. You went to dental school to get paid like a dentist. So those are definitely three big positives. If you're thinking about it now, I'm going to call these potential negatives, Scott. I I don't think they're really negatives, but there are potential negatives, things when you're going into these corporate groups and you're considering working for them that you want to be aware of so that you don't screw it up. And, you know, I think the first one, is probably true in all practices, but more so just make sure you avoid a bad situation is treatment philosophies, right? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, there may be certain things you can do and not do, and you just got to figure out what the expectation is. You know, are you being, are you being asked to start taking out every tooth that uh, needs to come out or do you have the ability to refer? Are you, same with endo and whatnot? I mean, you're just getting started
0: well even too i've yeah. actually seen it get now like i said i'm just pointing out the worst they're not all the same but some groups put you in the chair to do dentistry and you didn't actually diagnose the treatment right a- and you know what's your treatment philosophy at that point you don't have a philosophy you have it do what you're told <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, and I, and I was in situations certainly where someone's treatment plan things. I I know with my, with my partner and I, we shared patients. And so sometimes she might check somebody and, and treatment plan something and they came in to see me. And I always took the high road and basically said, I don't, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on this. There's different ways to go. And, and I just think I was sticking to my guns in a way you're going to have a little more pressure and and I think when you, when you go to work for these groups, if you do, you want to ask that question of if I'm questioning the treatment, you know, that's, that's been either treatment planned for me, do I have the ability to look at it in and not potentially do it if you don't feel comfortable?
0: Yeah, that's a great one. Cause it can be an issue, but like we said, it, it's also oftentimes you could ask the question and get an answer of, Hey, you know, you're going to be the treatment planner. So it's your philosophy.
1: Right. You know, and I think a lot of times in, in in some of these environments, you're going to kind of be on your own. Well, we've talked about mentorship in the past, and you may be, you know, the lone captain of the ship without a lot of experience. And and I always call it cautious confidence. You want to be confident in your skills, but you also need to recognize when you're when you're getting ready to 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 go off the ledge that you you shouldn't you don't want to go over.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the last one to be. Worried about is potential clawbacks. So, a lot of times, and like I said, every group is different, but you know, you get some people that go in and they're getting offered this guaranteed money and it's great and they're getting these checks every month and they feel awesome about it, but then they don't meet their production goals and they didn't read the fine print of the contract. And when they didn't meet the fine print of the contract, or didn't read it, didn't understand it, turns out if they didn't reach a certain level of production, some of that money was gonna leave their pocket. So it's important to not always you know, look at it and say, hey, you know, look, I'm gonna make $300,000 a year here, and then find out you only make 300,000 if you produce a certain level of dentistry, and that's a level you can't do, but you took money up front, or they gave you the 300,000, and now they're clawing it back because you didn't meet your end of the bargain. So like I said, every contract, every group is different. Every practice is different. Just more considerations for you while you're out there trying to make that decision on that first, second, or maybe even third job. You know, these are the things you need to be thinking about as it relates to, hey, I might go down this corporate road, which as we mentioned, we, we just covered the drawbacks in the back end. There's a lot of positives too, especially, you know, if your longer term goals are to buy a practice and you need to build speed. Yeah, this amazing. is a great place right. to do it.
1: And some people, at the end of the day, just want to go do dentistry and not really worry about all the other stuff. And so you just have to one, un- recognize what your goals are, and we'll talk about that probably in every episode, because that really is a, is a key component of this of what are your goals long term? And, and it may not be owning your own practice, or it could be you're going to own a small piece, maybe a five percent piece of a practice in one of these groups. And so there's, there's things enticements they may have for you to become an owner. It's not going to be a 50% kind of thing, but maybe that's enough. And so, you know, the corporate world, as we talked about, it's here to stay. It's, it's, it's not going anywhere. And you just got to recognize the pros and cons of that. As we talked about as well, the private practice world too.
0: Absolutely. Well, Scott, as it relates to finding your first job, I think our next episode is going to be how to and how not to spend your first paycheck.
1: (laughs) Always good because you're getting ready to get some money. And uh, we always like to say the best place for your money is in your pocket, not somebody else's.
0: No, perfect. Well, we'll see you all our next episode and, you know, please tune in and we'll talk all about things you need to do, things you need to stay away from. Well, that wraps up another episode of Next Gen DDS. Make sure you subscribe to our sister show, Drilling It Down, and also for those of you who aren't newsletter subscribers, make sure you visit our website, mcgilladvisory.com. Subscribe to our newsletter to receive the latest news, tax, and financial planning tips to help you slash your taxes, increase your profits, and protect your wealth. Students can receive a complimentary membership mcgillhillgroup.com forward slash student membership.